Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the third season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We hope that you'll check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and find out more about content. Of course, we encourage you to also check out the website at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's program. From time to time on the podcast, we will use Bible classes and sermons that were delivered at the Somerdale Church of Christ in Somerdale, Alabama, or other locations where I've had the opportunity to speak. And so this particular broadcast is one of those sermons from Somerdale. We hope that you enjoy it. I wanted to begin by recognizing the text that Tay just read, Hebrews chapter 12. So if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open up there. We're going to camp out there for a little bit today and notice some things from the Hebrew writer that can help us as we walk with the Lord. Now, while you're turning there to Hebrews chapter 12, I'll tell you a quick little story. Yesterday, we went over to Pensacola. Uh, we were given tickets to go to the orchestra at the Sanger Theater, which was really, really neat. I hadn't heard Bach and Mendelssohn in a while at a place like that. It was amazing. But when we left, we decided we would stop by the mall for just a moment, and we stopped at Dillard's. Amen. Y'all know where I'm going with this. We stopped at Dillard's. Now, I've been to Dillard's over in Spanish Fort, It's a big store. Did you know in Pensacola, some of you men know exactly where I'm going, they got three floors in that thing. Three floors. Now, I'll be honest, I I love the escalator. I can run it all all day long, up and down and up and down. At one point, we were in the basement, I think. I don't know, but we were going back and forth. and, And in every single department of that store, there's someone waiting to try to get a sale. They're, they're wanting to help you. And they, they say, what are you looking for? Could it help you find something? Every single department. And I kind of felt bad because we would go through those places, and I had no intention of buying anything. In fact, I didn't buy anything the whole time. Misty got something, but I, I, I didn't get anything. And I was looking through, just kind of trying to be polite. Most of the time, I'd sit down on a chair and sit, sit down with all the other men who were taking a nap. And so I'm sitting there checking my social media, and we go to this one, one floor, and I felt bad because this lady was really trying to make a sale. And so I told her, I said, you know, I really kind of like this shirt. It was, a, it was a shirt with oranges on it, and it's kind of an inside joke between Misty and I. And I said, yeah, I kind of like that shirt, you know, and she's like, well, I'll go find one for you. And I was like, no, 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 there's, she's, oh, it's brand new. And so she goes off, and she, she goes and looks, and I, we're going on, moving on through the store all around that giant floor. And we come back by, and she, oh, I'm still looking. I say, like, okay, all right, whatever. You know, I had no intention, really. Of, I mean, if, I, if she had found it, I probably would have been guilted into buying it. We make our way around, and we come back, and I knew that I had a common interest with this lady when her boyfriend brought her Krispy Kreme donuts for her lunch break. And that she comes in walking with the Krispy Kreme donuts, and she doesn't even go to the donuts. She's so intent on looking for this shirt. And we make our way around, and finally she comes back. She says, I am so sorry I checked all the departments, and I went here, and I didn't find it. And I was like, oh, that's okay. And I really felt bad, but she was so interested in trying to find what I was looking for. Now, I know that we go through life, and we all have things that we're looking for, we're searching for. Sometimes we will make a real hard effort to get that one particular thing. We'll go store to store. We'll go place to place. We'll do whatever we can to find that item. Sometimes we will solicit help of others and say, if you see this, maybe your parents or or maybe a friend will call you and say, I know you've been looking for this item and I just found it. And maybe if they find it on Facebook Marketplace or they see it on a website, they'll send you the link, say, isn't this what you're looking for? And you kind of get a little help in searching. Well, we're all searching for something as we walk through this earth. 
From the moment that we're brought into the world, we're searching for a purpose. Why am I here? What on earth does God have planned for me? As soon as we realize there's a creator, as soon as we recognize that there is one who has created me for a purpose, I want to know what that purpose is. I want to know what my talents are. I want to know what my opportunities are. I want to know what God wants to do with me. And why is God so interested in me anyway? I can't help but think about the song that we sang and and the words that Robert shared with us through the communion this morning to think about what does it mean to really for Jesus to do the things, to experience the things that he did, and then to say, I'll do it, I'll do it for you. When I am a no good, worthless sinner, we all are. We're not ready. We're, we're not willing. We're, we don't want to lay down our lives as a sacrifice. We would, never, we would never expect that God would ask that of us, but yet it's what we're supposed to do. It's what was required when we sinned. Well, Jesus says, I'll willingly take your place. If I'm looking for a purpose, I'm looking for something, what am I looking for? That's the question this morning. What am I looking What are you looking for? For our graduates, for our seniors, they're probably looking for a few things. The first thing that we might be looking for is a change. I, I, I love how the spirit of a high school senior is, I just want to get out of school. I just want to get out of school. I don't care where I go. I got to get out of the house. I'll live in my car if I have to. I just want to change. What, what really amazes me is within about six months to eight months after that change, they're missing it. They're missing their high school friends. They're missing their high school teachers. We had a kid, his name was Matt Deadman. I hate to say this because I know that I'm on the internet. Matt had graduated a couple years before me, and he would come to every football practice with his letterman's jersey on. And he, he, he so missed high school that he would come to our football practice and stand at that, at that chain link fence and watch us play football. You, you have guys like, you remember from high school? The girls would come back and they, they'd walk around the outside of the school and man, and all you, all the seniors and all the kids in high school for that matter are looking at the windows. I used to look out the windows at the cars driving by and say, man, I wish I was them. Boy, I wish I could be driving by this school. I don't want to be here. And as soon as we get out, we go, wow, I had it so easy back then. Somebody else paid for the electricity. Somebody else paid for the water. Amen. Somebody else bought my clothes for me. Somebody else picked my food for me and made it for me. Somebody else made sure there was gas in the tank taking me somewhere. I didn't have to take care of the car. But see, seniors, a lot of us, when we get to that point, we're about to leave high school. We just want to change. I just don't want this anymore. I want something different. I don't know what I want, but it's got to be something different. As a child of God, there's some things maybe we need to change. One thing, if we want to change... We need to change our attitude, our perspective. Paul said, whatever state I'm in, I have found that I can be content. Wherever I am, even in a prison cell, even being accused of a crime he didn't commit, he says, I'll find contentment. And then he says there in Philippians 4 and verse 13, he says, I can do all things, not some things, not most things, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The strength that Christ gives me allows me to change, to adapt to my environment. I should not expect everybody else to change for me. I should be willing to change, and I change my attitude. I can sit around and talk at people and look down at people and spend half my day defending myself on social media, or I can just change my attitude and say, you know what? 
That's just the way it is. That's, there's nothing, nothing that's going to be any different, so maybe I just need to look at it a little different. That's what Paul did. So if you're looking for a change, you can look to a change in your attitude. Going back to Hebrews chapter 12, listen, it says very clearly, Therefore we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run the race with endurance, the race that is set before us. And then he says, looking unto Jesus. I want to have the attitude of Jesus on the cross I want to have the attitude of Jesus being compassionate for the lost. I want to be like Christ. So I changed my attitude. Second of all, maybe I need to change my mind. You know Romans 12, 1 and 2 is my favorite passage of the New Testament. Paul says in the New King James, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul says, if I want to change, I better change my mind, change my attitude, change my mind and decide to do things not my way, but the Lord's way. When I listen to the, the writer of the Proverbs, I listen to some of the words of Solomon and the others and it's echoed a couple times that there's a way that seems right, Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right into man, but the end is death. There are some things that I'm just so determined, I think I need, I think that I want, and it's not going to make me happy. If it is, it's a temporary happiness. So the change we think we want in the moment, it's so invigorating and exciting, but then as time passes things become more difficult. It's like saying, you know, I just got, I don't like this car. I got to get a new car. You know, we get the new car and then we realize that things change. Gas prices go up. We have to get tires for the car, put oil in the car. It's still a car. Still got to all the same maintenance. So we get a new phone. We say, I don't like the old phone. I want the new phone. But then it's got too many gadgets and gizmos. We got to go get somebody else to show us how to use it. Every time we want something that's a change, it may not give us all the satisfaction we think it will give. Number three is change our ways. Going back to Proverbs, there's a way that seems right. The Hebrew writer says, I need to look to Jesus. I need to change my ways. I'm looking at a celebrity. I'm looking at an image of someone who I've made almost like an idol in my life. I'm looking at certain things, certain images certain patterns that I want to follow, and it's not going to help me. So here he says, I want you to look to Jesus. I want you to look to the cross. Stop looking around and start looking up. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And he gives us a description here when he says, who for the joy that was set before him, what joy is that? What, what joy, what, what enthusiasm, what excitement? What's Jesus rejoicing for? The cross. The cross. For the joy that was set before him, despising the shame, now worried about all of the pain and all of the sorrow and all of the ridicule and all of the terrible things that happened to him even before he got there, it says, for the joy that was set before him. So maybe, maybe I need to experience a different kind of change, something inward. Number two, maybe some people are looking for a challenge. They say, you know what, I want to go to college. I want to 
go and pursue a career. I want to go do this. I want a challenge in life. And sometimes we graduate and we say, I, I want to go do this. I am determined. I find it interesting that a lot of times college students will pick a major and say, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to major in this. And they'll go for four years and drop 150 grand, and then they go do something else. They just want the challenge. They want the college experience. They want to be able to go and enjoy themselves and do certain things and take certain classes. And I remember when I was going to the College of Southern Idaho, I was up there for uh, two years, and I went to the College of Southern Idaho, and I had to have two courses to graduate IBC, Heritage Christian University now, and they included uh, music or uh, some kind of a music appreciation class, which I took, and I had to have a biology class. And I went in and sat down with the advisor, and I said, look, I'm a senior. I lack two classes. I can't take online because they didn't have online classes at the time. I got to have some kind of a science class. And she's like, well, we have, some, we have this and an intro to this and intro to that. I said, look, I, I don't want, I want like biology one, 101. And she goes, I got one for you. We got biology 100. It's not even 101. I said, sign me up. I don't care. It's the remedial science class, history, whatever. I will take it. And they said, okay. We and I call the school. Heritage says, absolutely, you can take it. So I took biology 100 as a senior, just to get that science credit. And so we oftentimes, we want the challenge. We want, we want the experience. But then at the very end, we just want to get by, just like we were in high school. We just want to get by. Just, I just want to get out of this thing. I had a history or a philosophy professor tell me one time, going to college is kind of like beating your head against the wall. Once you stop, it feels pretty good. And that's about right. We get into a rhythm, into a rut. We want the challenge. Well, here's a challenge. Just move forward. Just move forward. In Deuteronomy 2, 20, uh, 24 and verse 2, the Lord says, you've gone far enough. Now just turn north. They had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. You know what they did for 40 years? They walked in circles and did funerals. That's all they did for 40 years. There was thousands, maybe millions of people dropping dead. They dig a hole. They put them in. They keep walking in circles. And can you imagine? Just, just look. Read through that those first five books, especially from Exodus to Deuteronomy, walking in circles, doing funerals, walking in circles, doing funerals. No wonder Moses says in Psalm 90, Lord, teach us to number our days. <laughs> you know, we, well, I don't know when my number is, but it's going to come up and I'll be buried on the side of that hill with about a million other people. They're walking in circles. Can you imagine that moment when finally God speaks to him and he says, all right, walking in circles, that's enough. Now it's time to turn north. And then he says to them in verse 24, it's time to cross the gorge. It's, it's time to take the promised land. And then the second challenge is, he, is the idea to take the mountain. Because when you see in the story, Joshua and Caleb get to those mountains. Caleb, who at this time, he's, he's 85 years old, all right? He's 85 years old. He's walked in circles and done funerals for 40 years with the rest of the Israelites. He's been provided for. He's had his food. His shoes haven't worn out. His clothes haven't worn out, as was promised. But now he gets to this mountain at 85 years old, and he says, I'm going to take that mountain. And he does. He was determined. When I accept a challenge, when I say I want to try to do something, I want to finish something, I want to complete it, I move forward and I do it. How many projects have we begun that we have not completed? No elbowing in here, ladies. I know. Some of us guys that uh, 
honeydew. I don't know why they call it a honeydew. There ain't no honeydew. It's not like that. It's you're going to do list. But we got that list of things. We get started, and we say, this is what I need to do. And do we complete it? If you, if you want a challenge, just finish the projects you already started. Finish what's already in your grasp. Complete the tasks. Misty and I were talking this morning. She texted me a little while ago. You think we could do those ferns on the front porch? We, could, we bought these little things to put the ferns in. They've been there, what, three weeks, four weeks? And I just kind of set them out there to the side. They popped off in the storm the other day. And I, I got to put them in. I've been putting that off. I've been putting it off. We put off stuff. If you want a challenge, just do what God has called you to do. And the third thing here is give God the glory when it's accomplished. If you're looking for a challenge, let go of some of your ego. Let go of some of the selfishness that you harbor. Now listen, church. If I am full of myself, where is God going to put his Holy Spirit? If I am so full of selfishness, what does that mean to other people around me? I'm not being a servant. I'm not being a worker. I'm not being a child of God as I should be. So if I really want a challenge, I'm going to have to let go of myself and start giving God the glory for the things that happen. In Matthew 15 and verse 31, it says, After all the miracles, the people gathered together and they glorified God. After Jesus performs all these great miracles, it says that they stopped and they glorified God. They didn't glorify Jesus, they glorified the Father. He constantly was pointing to the Father. And that's a great lesson for us. Number three, and finally today, if maybe you're looking for a commitment. Some people, after they graduate, they say, you know, I just want to I I commit to a career. I don't want to go to college, I want to commit to a career. Some will, will get married very quickly, commit to a relationship. But whatever your commitment is, you put your whole heart into it. Here, here's a challenge for you. The most important thing you can do, and Ben touched on this earlier, is renew your commitment to God. Renew your commitment to God. Above all else in your life, God must always come first. Now, I'm not telling you that because I, I'm trying to preach to you and so forth. I'm telling you that from experience, the most important thing I could ever do, the most important decision I ever made was to commit my life to the Lord. And in that, there is all these other things that come, the, the decisions that I make on a daily basis because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. Every step I take, every word I speak, every good thing or the good things I try to do, I, I compare those to what the Lord has commanded me or, or taught me to do in his word. In 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12, Paul says, hold fast to the pattern of sound doctrine. Hold fast to the pattern. Here, the Hebrew writer says, looking unto Jesus, verse 2, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There's a day coming when if you have committed your life to God on that final day when he calls us home, and we gather together for that judgment seat, that judgment, final judgment, there's a statement that we're looking to hear, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. How many of y'all want to hear that? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. 
If I want to be like Jesus and I want to, I want to sit down at the right hand of God, I want to be in the heavens with God and I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, then I better do well and I better be faithful. God will not say to you something you have not done. He can't say to you, well done, if you don't do well. He can't say to you, you've been faithful as a servant if you have not faithfully served him. So it starts with my commitment. There's a commitment to God. Second one, commit to your family. Put more time and effort into your family. Get off that phone. Get out of the, get out of the, the house from time to time and do something with your family. Commit to spending time together. Go out to eat together. Sit down around that dinner table. You know, clear off the taxes and the laundry and everything else that's there. You might find stuff you're looking for on that table if you just clean it off once in a while. Amen. Just once in a while, if you just clean it. Joshua 24 and verse 15. Before Joshua dies and passes the mantle on, and we see the period of the judges, he says, y'all got a decision to make. But as for me and my house, we'll what? We'll serve the Lord. You're going to have to make a commitment. Your choice now. Your choice. What are you going to choose? Are you committed to God? All right. As for me and my household, we are going to serve the Lord. See, Joshua is speaking on behalf of his whole family. He's speaking on behalf of his wife and his children. I cannot lead your family, men. I can't do it. The elders cannot shepherd your family, men. That's what you're there to do. We need men who will step up and be the spiritual leaders of their homes. And we need women like Proverbs 31 who will be godly and, and be examples for their children in every possible way. And children that need to be devoted themselves to their walk with God and not expect a handed down faith. We can't expect our, Christ, our children to become Christians by default just because we drag them here every Sunday morning. We need to encourage them to have their own faith. So I commit, you commit, your family commits. Joshua says, I, I, I'm telling you, my family's going to serve the Lord. But when those children leave your nest, when they leave your home, they're going to have to make choices. Make sure you have taught your children how to pray. Make sure that you have not just given your kids a Bible, but you've read it with them. You've taught it to them. You've shared the Bible stories, not as stories, but of people in their story. They're, you're an Esther, you're a Ruth, you're a Joshua, you're a David. We are seeing these stories in Scripture. That, that's an example of us in the world. And then finally, here, a commitment to the church. Not just to God, not just to family, but a commitment to other believers, to other Christians, that I want to come to church, I want to go to Bible study, I want to participate in activities. And this is this is an honestly an area where we're failing in the church today, to be quite honest. Because when our kids graduate high school, they don't know where to go, and they don't know what to do. And they're experiencing all these changes, and we need to continue to. When these kids, we're going to go over here and honor five of them. Where are they going to be in a year? Hello? We've, we've honored a lot over the years. We've, 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 we've given them a Bible, and we've given them cards, and we've told them how much we love them. Where are they at? Where are they at? We need to continue to tell them, you, we are still a part of a family. 
We are still here together for you, to minister to you, and we need to do a better job of reaching out to those college-age kids and, and young adults because at one point in our lives, most of us, we were there. Some of us have been a little longer than the others. Get the hair cut, and I didn't realize there was so much gray in there. Had to go get some just for men or something. But I'll tell you, we get older, and we remember what it was like in those challenging years. Let's encourage our young people when they graduate. It says in Acts 2, they continued steadfastly. After the church was established, they continued steadfastly. Let's work together. Let's encourage our young people. Let's tell them when they, when they graduate, we still, you're still a part of the family. We got work to do. Use those talents. Find your place. Every one of us are important and valued in the kingdom of God. So if you're looking for a commitment, those are three areas. Now, I close this morning by saying, what are you looking for? What do you look for? What do you, if you have found what you're looking for, and praise God, some of us have, then we need to help other people and encourage them to do the same. But if we're searching, if we're searching for answers, doesn't matter what the question is, the answer can always be found in the presence of the Lord and by the guidance by the book he has given us. This morning we share a message from the Word of God because we are attuned to it. We want to study it. We want to learn from it. We want to grow as we basically just make it a plan for our life. What, is, what does God want me to do today? Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.